So welcome to the Expert Edge podcast. Today, we have my good friend, Tyler McCall. Now, in this conversation, we go deep into Instagram marketing. And if you want to know how to use Instagram in a really powerful and effective way, this conversation is going to blow your mind. Essentially, what we get into is the future of Instagram and what you really need to be focusing on moving forward in your business. Uh, Tyler shares some of his pet peeves of what people do on Instagram and some of the big mistakes that people are making. Uh, he also reveals a lot of his strategies in terms of the the thinking and the principles that he uses to uh, not just use Instagram as something that generates followers, but something that actually generates clients. And you're going to learn why you should never say link in bio. If you've ever done that on a story, which I know I have, uh, you're going to learn what to say instead and how to use that to create clients faster than you could ever believe. Hey, I trust and I hope you enjoy this conversation with what I believe to be one of the smartest marketers on the planet right now when it comes to Instagram and you're going to fall in love with him because he's such a good dude. And so let's get into it. Welcome, Tyler McCall. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So welcome to the podcast, Tyler McCall. Mate, it is great to have you here. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm excited to have this conversation because uh, Tyler and I uh, have been friends for probably like, what, about a year or so um, around that? A little longer, maybe going on two years. I would, at least I, that's what I've been counting. Maybe, maybe I was under illusions the first few months. Who knows? Yeah, maybe it's only been a year and I'm just now finding out. So good. So good. Now, Tyler and I, we're a part of a, we're in a mastermind together. Um, and it's been really cool, like for me watching you, Tyler, uh, really grow and develop um, into the thought leader and influencer that you are and there's some really cool conversations that I want to have with you today. Most of it's going to be around Instagram because I think that you are exceptional at Instagram and and do you're just one of the smartest marketers I know. And I know for Thank me this yeah, I genuinely mean that because I know for me, you know, I have a very I feel like as you grow in your business, you get more and more selective of who you would want to listen to. Mm -hmm. And I know when I hang out with you, I look forward to having a conversation with you about business and about life and so forth. So first of all, I just wanted to acknowledge you in terms of just, just how you show up and who you are. So appreciate you, brother. Thank you. And same goes <laughs> for you. For Love sure. it. Now, uh, tell me and tell us, uh, all the listeners, tell us about your journey of like maybe some pivotal moments of you starting your expert business and moving into this kind of marketing space. Yeah. So before doing what I do now, I was in the nonprofit world for 
over half a decade. It's what I went to college for. It was my first job out of college, was working in the nonprofit world. So most of my career was working for the YMCA, doing marketing and membership and operations and sales. And then I also spent some time outside of the Y doing political organizing and community organizing. And all of that work really kind of set the foundation for what I learned and what I know now about building community and building movements online, about moving people to action. It's so funny when I think back to, you know, 10 years ago now, when I was doing community organizing work, I was getting people to give their time and money to causes for literally nothing in return. And I've been able to take so much of that knowledge and bring that into what I do now through entrepreneurship, where people are getting something in return, they're getting a product or a service. So that's been a really cool kind of lesson that I've been able to bring with me. Um, But in 2016, I actually left my nonprofit job and went full time as an entrepreneur. I'd been doing the side hustle thing for close to a year at that point, uh, running Instagram accounts on the side for local businesses. And in 2016, I had a dear friend and she and I left our jobs at the same time and we opened a digital marketing agency and I ran that for the next two years. Um, The first year with a business partner, the second year without that business partner because we dissolved that working relationship. We're still best friends, but just not business partners. Um, And in 2017, I was growing my agency and working with businesses and brands, running their Instagram accounts. And we would do everything. We would do monthly photo shoots. We would do custom copy. We did growth and engagement strategies. We did foot traffic strategies to drive traffic into their store because a lot of our clients were brick and mortars uh, here where I live in Asheville, North Carolina. So I was doing all of that work, but I was getting pretty burnt out on the social media management and also just really over over leveraged. I couldn't take on more clients and get to my income goal. So I started doing the next logical thing. I started coaching and consulting. So if a client came to me and they wanted me to run their Instagram account, but I just didn't have it in me or it just didn't make sense to bring them on as a client, I would offer instead to work with them for a couple of months and coach them privately on Instagram strategy. So I did that for about a year as well. And then at the end of 2017 is when everything in my business totally changed and I launched my first digital pro. Well, It was my second digital product. I don't really like to claim my first one because it was a flop and a failed launch. (laughs) Oh, I think we've all had those. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll just pretend like that didn't happen. Um, And at the end of 2017, I launched the Follower to Fan Society, uh, which teaches uh, my Instagram marketing strategy, my Instagram marketing framework. And I've now had that product for nearly three years, which is really cool. Yeah. That's that's so cool because I think that one thing I've noticed about all successful experts is that they've stuck on one product or one thing long enough to hit a tipping point. Yeah. What, what was that for you? When did that tipping point start to happen? Um, I would say last February. So February, 2019. Um, at that point we had had the product for over a year Um, We had live launched follower to fan at least a dozen times at that point. And then we had also had uh, things in automation at that point for, um, gosh, probably about eight or nine months using an automated webinar sales funnel. And February of 2019, we did a live launch that I actually didn't even want to do. My husband who works with me in in the business, um, 
was like, hey, we need to launch in the first quarter of 2019. We need the revenue and February would be the best month to do that. He was telling me this like at the beginning of January, mind you. <laughs> we were actually we were actually sitting together at Business by Design Live in Laguna Beach, like the last one that happened in Laguna yeah. Beach. And we're sitting there and Eric, my husband is like, okay, well, we we need to launch like you got to do it in February. This is our travel schedule for like the next four months. Like you have these two weeks in February, you got to do it. I'm sorry, but you have to. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. thought this was my business. I guess not anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm the same with Sarah. Like Sarah yeah. just, Sarah's like, okay, we need to go this direction. I'm like, yes. Okay. <laughs> right. I know. Eric always likes to joke that he owns 51% of this company. And I'm like, you don't even own 5.1% of this so company, good. but I'll let you have it. Um, so we live launched in February. I'm a big fan, and maybe we'll talk about this today. I love an automated sales funnel. We've been using one for almost two years now in our business, but I don't, I'm a sucker for a live launch. God, I love a live launch. I love the energy of a live launch. I think they are so much fun. I think it takes me back to my days of like working on political campaigns where there's so much energy and excitement uh, of like what's happening in the moment. So I love that. So we live launched in February of 2019. And the messaging finally clicked for me. It was like, I've been doing this. This is huge. Like, I, What I, was it about it, the messaging? Tell me about that because this is so key. Yeah. I finally realized why people were actually buying my product over a year and a half after I started selling yes. it. Um, and this is important because so many experts or people who want to be experts they stop before they get there. You launch it a couple of times or you launch it once and it doesn't do what you hoped and you throw your hands up in the air and pivot. And it's such a, such a mistake, such a big mistake. It took me 18 months of launching this thing, talking to people, spending tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads to dial in the messaging and the audience. And it finally clicked. I finally understood people were joining because they wanted to use Instagram to make money. Duh, Tyler. I mean, for the longest time. <laughs> it's like so obvious. For the longest time, I would say, I'll help you use your Instagram account in a more genuine and intentional way. And that sounds great and fluffy and fun. But looking back now, I'm like, WTF, like, what does genuine and intentional even mean? How does that help people? What does that lead to? What does that do for a business? Yeah. So in February of 2019, we doubled down and we said, we will help you use Instagram to make money. It was the first time I ever did that. And the second thing we did is we looked back at our, mo all of our, it was so interesting. We were we were actively pursuing testimonials and reviews from our clients. And we looked back and realized every success story we were getting. And these were people who were like, I paid off $50,000 in debt last year using wow. Instagram. I retired my spouse using Instagram. I made more money last year than the three previous years combined in my business, all because of what I learned from you, Tyler. All of them had been in the program for a year. They had committed to their business, their product, to Instagram, to marketing it for a year. Mm -hmm. So we made the scary decision in February of 2019 to no longer sell month to month memberships for our product. And we said, if you're going to join us, you have to commit to a year. And that's what it, that's what it looks like to join us now. It's a year long membership. You can pay in full or you can pay by the month, but you're here for 12 months regardless. Yeah. And everything clicked in that oh, moment. Wow. And then we've been able to scale the product since then. Oh, I just love that. I, I, cause I was even, you know, when you're telling your story, I'm thinking about my journey as well, because I've been running our business for 12 years. And yeah. before Sell From Stage Academy, we had a program called Productivity Academy. So I used to teach productivity for some reason. And uh, 
I launched that thing probably like 50 times, right? Yeah. Uh, webinar launched it. And I just knew like I would make money on it every time and so forth. But, but one thing, like I didn't even love the product to be honest, but I just, I just went hard at dialing in the messaging. And then when we transitioned to sell from stage, I knew that there was that tipping point. And I love hearing that story because I think that consistency and, and refinement yeah. are so like undervalued uh, in terms like, cause people love intensity. They love the thrill, but you look at all the market leaders, they're consistent, they refine and uh, they don't pivot too big. Like when they're pivoting, it's like a slight change in their messaging and they just get it. Like it's almost like a sniper sight and they just narrow it, narrow it, narrow it until it's just boom. You just hit that mark. Yeah. And so dude, I, I love that. Tell me about, Tell me about what have, what have been some of the like more harder decisions or harder challenges that you've gone through in building your business and like anything that comes to mind, a difficult time that, that you've drawn some growth from and insight from. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> there's plenty. There's Where so, do I start? <laughs> so many. Yeah. Um, I mean, about yesterday, of, <laughs> literally yesterday. Um, I mean, one of the first ones, if I go back to 2017, which was my first year in business, I went into business or sorry, excuse me, 2016. I went into business, Colin, doing all the things you're supposed to do. Like if you were, if you were to have looked at a blog post or an article about everything to do before you quit your full-time job, which let's be honest, I was in the nonprofit world. So it wasn't paying that well. Okay. <laughs> like within like two years of leaving my nonprofit job, I was making as much per month as I was making per year at wow. my old job. Yeah, so income replacement wasn't that difficult. <laughs> yeah, not that hard, but I did all the right things. I checked all the boxes. I, you know, my husband and I, we paid off all of our credit cards. So we had space in our credit cards. We saved, we had, I think at that point, like eight months of savings that, so we could live for eight solid months if we didn't make a single dime. He had a full-time job that gave us benefits and health insurance. I had clients on retainer, six and 12 month retainer before I left my full-time job. I did all the right things. And that first year in business, I took home about $3,000 in 2016. Right. The only, I got a tax return that year. And the only reason I got it is because I had been at my full-time job for like the first two months of that year. <laughs> That's the only reason. Um, and I was sitting at the end of 2016 with a business partner who wanted to break up with me and no longer work in the business with me yeah. with my credit cards completely maxed out, savings completely drained. And I was doing social media management for clients for like $600 and $800 a month and having to pay a photographer to take photos, having to spend all this time. And they wanted so much out of this. And it was a really big wake up call for me going into 2017 when I was on my own in the agency of I needed to charge more. I needed to look at my margins and I needed to supplement my revenue. So that's why I started doing the coaching and consulting. So that was a, a big turning point, kind of a big struggle there. And then another one, which I talk about, you know, pretty regularly and I've shared on my podcast and things like that is the summer of 2017 when my business was finally booming for the first time like things like i i think i had my first in the spring of 2017 i had my first like ten thousand dollar month i thought i was hot s-h-i-t like i was so cool totally. you could not touch me because i knew what i was doing and i was making more and more and more things are going so well and then my father died unexpectedly that summer 
And it was a complete setback for me in my business. And not in the terms of, of course, there were financial ramifications of that, but really the realization of I built a business that was not sustainable. I was working 60 and 70 hours a week for that 10 to $15,000 a month. So really wasn't a fair trade-off and really just starting to question like, why am I doing this? I would much at that point, I would have much rather have gone back to my $35,000 a year nonprofit job because I knew I was actually going to get a paycheck and sick time and, and vacation time and a retirement fund than keep doing the entrepreneur thing. And I remember getting to the point in the fall of that year, um, Eric and I had made the decision to move from Asheville, North Carolina to Chicago. And we made that decision before my father died. And within a month of his death, we were loading up a U-Haul and driving to Chicago because we had an apartment that we had signed a lease for, we had to move into. And we got to Chicago and we paid our first month's rent and we were broke. I mean, we were out of money. There was nowhere to turn. Credit cards maxed out at that point. No savings, nothing. And my back was against the wall. I had to do something. I had to make something work. And Follower to Fan Society actually came out of that that desperation and out of that so good. that like we had to do this. So we did our first launch of Follower to Fan. We made eight thousand dollars in that first launch, and I finally had this the sense of like, okay. We can do this. This is possible. And over the next 12 months, the business went from doing $70,000 in 2017 to nearly $750,000 in 2018 hmm. um, because of that, that moment of that back against the wall, you have to make this work kind of moment. Mm, I love that. Um, it's so true when you, when you get pushed to those moments, innovation just kind of occurs. But in the moment, it sucks. Like <laughs> for sure. Yeah. In the moment, it's like, you're not feeling all the vibes. You're more just like, oh, you're just desperate, right? To do something different. Uh, if I'm really curious what, because I think you're brilliant on Instagram. And I think, to be honest, I think you're the best out there that teaches Instagram. And for anyone who wants to learn how to use Instagram to be profitable, like go to Tyler, uh, which by the way, dude, we're making some serious dollars as well from, from Instagram. It's so powerful, man. Like direct yeah. messaging and stuff. Where it's at. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, uh, literally someone just joined this morning from a direct message, um, uh, with our program. So I want to know from your perspective, what are some of the, the, like, I guess, you know, the trends that you, you see as like trends on Instagram of what to do that you teach like the opposite of, or you teach that are different. Yeah. Uh, one of the first ones that easily comes to mind is the obsession with follower counts and with growth hacking. Um, you know, there's a lot of well-intended Instagram educators out there that their main promise is helping you get more followers. But I really believe, and this is something we teach our clients, that more followers does not solve a sales problem. It doesn't solve a conversion issue. And if you can't get the followers you have right now to buy what you're selling, getting more followers isn't going to get you more sales. So that's a lot of what we talk about. A lot of what we do in our program, our entire first module is called Marketing Mindset Mastery. I also love alliteration, if you can't tell. <laughs> and... Um, Sorry. Because a lot of that work is like, our, we have to get our clients really clear on why they want to do this work. It's not just to get a bunch of followers and try and be a Kardashian on Instagram because it ain't going to work. So that's the first thing is being obsessed with the follower count. 
And then something else, a huge mistake that especially entrepreneurs and experts and, and um, personal brands are making on Instagram is they're either paying too much attention to what other people in their niche or in the industry are doing and trying to replicate that without knowing the strategy behind it or if it even works, or they're trying to learn these kind of cut and paste fill in the blank strategies. And what I really, what I see on Instagram time and time again is that what works for one person is not guaranteed to work for another person because our audiences are different. Niches are different. Our products are different. And more importantly, we are different. Our personality is different. The way we speak, our cadence, the words that we use, and even comes down to the emojis that we use when we respond to a direct message or how many exclamation points we use when we are replying to someone or sending a message. For me as a gay man, it's all of the exclamation points and all of the emojis, but it may be different for other people. Oh, so, I've got a lot of emojis going on as well, bro. Okay, good. <laughs> emojis are where it's at. Use the emojis. Totally. No, but I need all, more. I need more. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> but all of that to say that there's no, there's no like copy and paste strategy that works mm -hmm. for Instagram. And this is something that we talk a lot with our clients about. It's about developing a custom strategy for your brand. And what that looks like is learning about all of the dials and switches and buttons on Instagram. And I'm not talking about the features. I mean like the marketing dials and the messaging buttons. And then you becoming the master of that control panel. You becoming the person that knows what the buttons and switches and dials do so that you can decide how to use them. Not just following someone, step one, push this button. Step yeah. two, So switch. when you say like dials and buttons, yeah. I'm, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming you're talking about like the principles of what actually makes Instagram yes. work. Exactly. So can you, can you give like me an example of a principle that someone could kind of get and, and could apply it in their business? Maybe yeah, one of the principles you guys teach. Yeah. Um, this is a easy one, but it's going to sting for some folks that are listening. Uh, you have to remove the words link and bio from your vocabulary. Um, a lot of people rely too heavily on the link in their bio on Instagram. And they think that the goal of Instagram is to push their followers mm -hmm. to leave the platform to go somewhere else. Um, I was actually just teaching in a a program earlier this week for graphic designers. And one of the clients in that program said, I'm getting way more website traffic from Pinterest, very little website traffic from Instagram. So why should I be spending time on Instagram instead of Pinterest? And I said, of course, you're going to get more website traffic from Pinterest. It's a search engine. Yeah. And of course, you're going to get less traffic from Instagram because Instagram was never designed to be a traffic driving platform. And a lot of people are trying to force this idea of, I need to get my audience off of Instagram. We all kind of operate mm -hmm. from this belief that I don't own my followers, so I got to get them on my email list. Completely true. You don't own your followers. Guess what? Instagram is not going anywhere tomorrow. Your people are still going to be there. So of course, build your email list, get people to inquire with you, book your sales calls, share your content, share your blog posts, your podcast, your YouTube videos, whatever. But you need to bring that content, bring that action, bring that engagement to the platform. Stop trying to send them away to do that. So an easy way you can do that, which you already mentioned, is just replacing the phrase link in bio with the phrase, send me a DM. It's a super easy transition. 
And, and a lot of people hear me say that and they say, well, people still need to go to my website. They still need to go to the sales page to purchase. Of course they do. But how much more likely are they to purchase if they DM you for information, you send them the link for the sales A billion page. times. Yeah. And then guess what? You can harass them and follow up and say, hey, did you enroll? Just wanted to check. Did everything go through? Do you have any questions? Can't wait to see you in the program. Versus saying link in bio or swipe up here. And who the hell knows if they're ever going to do it? They probably won't. And you have no opportunity to recapture that. And is it true that like once someone sends you a direct message, you can actually target them like with yeah. your ads and stuff? Where yes. normally you can't. That's right. Yeah. So direct messages are one of the types of engagement that you can target when you're building your Instagram engagement audiences for ads. Love it. So what I'm hearing is that like viewing Instagram as a it's a platform in itself. In other words, like let's not try to get them off Instagram. Yeah. Let's build a, a culture around yourself and a relationship with your audience. Uh, because one thing I noticed that you do really well is like you let people into your life and you kind of like, you know, like you're very likable, right? You, like you have a charisma Think that's, that's, you know, like it's likable, like you'll put a video of you at target and going, you know, like what's, you know, what's, you know, what decision should we make? Like a, you know, a red or, a, you know, orange pillow or something like that, like some sort of thing. And then, and then you'll do something related to business. But I feel like you're really, you're quite, you're really good at um, like connecting through, especially through story. Um, yeah. So t talk about story and even stories, and how, yeah. what's your philosophy with that? Yeah, so I like to think of Instagram as four platforms within one. So it's incredibly robust because we have the Instagram feed, we have Instagram stories, we have IGTV, and then we have Instagram Live. So it kind of has everything you need if you want to create and share content in mm. different ways, live video, long form video, short form video, static, graphics, all kinds of cool stuff you can do. But most businesses, I mean, you have to be posting in the feed and you have to be posting on stories because stories, Instagram stories is how we deepen relationships with the followers we already have. It's how we, just like you were saying, Colin, it's how we let people into whatever parts of our life we feel the most comfortable sharing and that are going to connect the most with them. I want to make sure people are hearing me say this. The goal is not to just share all these details of your life and personality because you feel like you should. It needs to be intentional. It needs to be thoughtful. We call this concept shared experiences with our clients and talk about how you can identify just two or three experiences that you have as a real human being and something that your ideal customer or client also appreciates and enjoys. And you can create content around that. So a parent that works with parents talking about parenting. If you're a fitness pro that's trying to sell to people, sell a fitness product, talking about fitness. Or even if you are, you know, someone teaching people how to sell from stage, but you also love to, you know, wear your mankinis on the beach and go surfing. I was going to say, mine's rollerblading. <laughs> or rollerblading. Dude, yes. Sarah hates it. She hates it. But honestly, Instagram blows up when I share my, my rollerblading. Of course it does. Yes. Along the boardwalk in, in Newport. Yeah. It creates that personal connection with your people. And imagine so if I had a mankini on at the same time rollerblading. Dude, there's a, that's an idea. I know. We wouldn't be able to watch. It would just 
I'm starting to sweat just thinking about it. It would be too much. You can't too do much. it. That's so good. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I interrupted. So the, I love that shared experiences. Yeah. And for me, Target's one of those things. So I legitimately love Target. I'm a Target shopper through and through. Mm. My ideal client, she's a mom in her mid-30s to mid-50s. And I don't want to generalize or stereotype, but I mean, you're married to a mom in her mid-30s. They love Target, right? They do love, it's so true. They love, she was there like yesterday. Yeah. So when I'm creating content about Target, it's creating a personal connection that goes beyond the goal of monetizing that relationship. Mm. And this is huge. It's showing people that we have something in common. And then when I start giving them educational content, when I'm teaching something to my followers, they're saying, oh, not only do we have something in common, he also has my best interest in mind and he's looking out for me. And then when the opportunity comes up to work with me, either through my program or through an affiliate program, something else I'm promoting, they're far more likely to purchase. The other part of this, Colin, is that creating stories regularly over time where you are creating this personal content and you're asking your audience for engagement. You're saying, send me a DM. Let me know what you think. What should I have for dinner? What are you doing today? You're just asking them questions. Even if no one responds initially, you're getting them used to seeing the questions and you're getting them used to responding. And if you can get your audience used to talking to you about random things like rollerblading or your target runs, when you post a story saying, I have a new free masterclass that's going to teach you X, Y, and Z, send me a DM if you want to sign up. Or I have a brand new free step-by-step action guide that's going to help you do this. Send me a DM to get your copy. It's not scary. It's not scary to direct message you because they've done it before about really easy, simple, non-scary things. Like about Target or like get get the red pillow or like some, it's like, right, so you've built that rapport and you've created a culture in your Instagram relationship. And then when it comes to the, hey, do you want to do a masterclass with me? Do you want to join the program or are you interested? People actually respond. Yeah. And and get even to the point where now like people are messaging me about my program or even about other programs, even programs that I am just a testimonial for. And they're messaging me and saying, Hey, I really trust you. Yeah. What do you think about this? Or I really value your opinion. People say this all the time. I really value your opinion. Tell me honestly, should I enroll in your program? And then we can have a really honest conversation about whether or not it's the right fit. And how much of that are you missing out on right now because you're saying swipe up to learn more right? or people are just finding you through an ad or something like that. And it's really, I'm, I'm a true believer in the fact that social media has not replaced referral marketing. It's not replaced networking. It's simply just put a megaphone up to all of those things. It's just given us the ability to do this at scale and Instagram Mm -hmm. DMS are the perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, it just, it brings you so close so quickly. Um, like there was literally, I mean, this morning I went for my morning walk and I saw a guy, he tagged me or something in some photo. And then he wrote this question, like, do you think I should join self and stage Academy or something? And then I I wrote, I, I voice texted him, um, back and I said, Hey dude, I don't even know who you are. (laughs) So I can't, I can't like advise whether you should join self and stage Academy and uh, and then he came back and he shared and literally within I think two two texts he joined Self from Stage Academy. Wow! And I it's like it, it just blows my mind how uh, how quickly through texting 
on on Instagram, like you can build that trust and that relationship. And then, um, I mean, he, he obviously, you know, he's probably been connected to me for a while. Um, and then, you know, it's opened up and then, and then the, the actual, you know, transaction opened up for me to work with him. So dude, it's, it's so good. I, I love the way that you describe Instagram of like the four platforms. I never, I mean, I knew that all those functions were there, but I never saw it as like, the um, the dynamics of all yeah. of that and it's such a beautiful platform to interact with like yeah. it's my favorite thing absolutely for sure yeah so i'm curious where do you feel like where do you feel like social media is going like what do you say would be the future of even like this expert industry and the currencies that people are going to be looking for more and more to grow their business, specifically maybe on Instagram, like what would you prophesy over that? What would you predict? (laughs) Yeah, this is interesting. It's an interesting question too, with like things that are going on in the world and people thinking about like, how do we use social media for our businesses and how do we use it for good and all of those things? It's, it's an interesting question. I, I think that more and more, and look, people have been saying this for a long time, but it just feels more and more true every day that I'm doing this work, that the people who are the most willing to show up as the most authentic versions of themselves in whatever whatever way feels right to them and right for their audience are the people who are going to get the furthest, the fastest, who are willing to let people in, who are who are focused on building a connection with their audience and those people who understand that those numbers on a screen are real human beings behind those mm. screens. That's what makes all the difference. And I think more and more, the folks that aren't doing that are just going to get left behind while those of us that are focused on the real human impact of our work are going to continue to impact more lives and see the success and results in terms of our business growth as well. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think that social proof as a concept has really been challenged as of late. Um, you know, with Instagram in particular, eliminating publicly viewable like counts for a number of users and countries. Yeah, that was interesting. Hey, yeah, it's come back in the U S now, right? Like it's, it's kind of back up and running. Yeah. It kind of depends. Like some accounts are still seeing it. Some aren't, Mm. um, from, on. In my experience, I still see like counts. But what's interesting is that I've noticed, and we've noticed this for a lot of our clients, for about a year now, like count has decreased without anything really changing in terms of strategy. And reach and impressions are staying the same, but like count is going down. And I think this really speaks to changing user habits. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of users are spending way more time consuming stories than consuming feed content. And it also speaks to looking at different numbers to determine the effectiveness of your content. So for example, in our business, we look a lot at saves and shares on Instagram posts because that's far, that's a far better indication of how much our content is resonating with our audience. Yes, that's so true. To save this for themselves to come back to or share it with someone else. And then we look at DMs, like DMs, that's the, that's the number. Like that's the thing. If we can get someone in the DMs, we can make magic happen in our business. Mm. So it's just switching where you're focusing your energy and, and what you're paying attention to mm. in terms of the effectiveness of your content, for sure. I'm, dude, I love that. What, um, what's your opinion on sending video messages to people that you don't know? Mm. 
Oh, <laughs> like, you know, how, like I was thinking about Instagram recently and how yeah. there's kind of like levels of, because it's almost like a text is really like, it's, it's safe. A text is safe. And then there's audio, which is a little bit more kind of, you know, getting closer. And yeah. then like, I don't, for me, when I have a video show up and I'm like, who's this dude? And it's like, Instagram is blocking this person's content or something. And I'm like, is this like a dodgy one or what? Like what yeah. is going on here? Like, uh, uh, do, you, do you use video much? Like, cause I think it's really powerful, but, uh, but I've been yeah. thinking about like the appropriateness of it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't use video, like video messaging that much in Instagram. I probably could, or I don't know, maybe I should, but I don't, I don't use voice messaging that much either just because in full transparency, a lot of what I'm doing on Instagram now isn't me. It's a member of my team who, you know, she's running a lot of the Instagram DMs and the content creation and posting schedule. Like someone else does that and she does it really well. Um, so you know, I'm not doing as much of that. So we don't do as much audio messaging. Um, I'm not a fan in general of cold messaging people for some kind of sale or promo or something like that. And I think there's a real art form. We were, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording about getting cold pitches for things. And that there's definitely an art form to pitching. And on Instagram, the art form I think is even more delicate because there are ways that you can go from not knowing someone at all to pitching them on something in a matter of a week. And when so I'm saying true. pitching, I mean like pitching them on come be on my podcast or yeah. we speak at this event, or I'd love to feature you in my community. And you can do that in less than a week, but it requires things like following that person, engaging with their content, watching their stories, reply, like making sure that they become aware of who you are and what you do before you slide into the DMs and make an ask of them. But I tell you right now, if you slide into my DMs with some kind of, it's all, it's like the same kind of, the same scripts they're using. I don't know what fitness educator out there, if you're listening, I'm gonna, I'm coming for you, is teaching their people to message people and say, hey, so glad we connected. I'd love to hear about your health and wellness goals. No, you wouldn't. First of all, I don't know who the heck you are, so I'm not telling you jack shit. Secondly, you don't want to hear about those. You just want to use that to identify a pain point to then get into a sales conversation and sell me your services. So I'm not going to do that. I can see right through it. I hate people that people fall for that all the time. But I'm not a fan of it. I hate it. But I think if there's a real reason to be reaching out and do something like that, you totally should. Yeah. It's my soapbox. <laughs> no, I love this. What, what else peeves you off? like that you see people do. I'm curious, like what, when you see it, you're like, Oh, please stop doing that. What else? Oh God. Um, saying Lincoln bio, I hate that. Lincoln I'll, bio, yeah. I'll, I'll, die, that I'll die on that hill. Um, <laughs> posting more than once a day in the feed. It's just not necessary. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of content. Um, the other thing is, um, one thing that, Oh my God. One that really annoys me is the posts that say today's national taco day. And you're like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do with that information? Like I have no context for that. I have no, there's no reason for you to post this. My, Cause my, my thought is you were simply at that point, just contributing to the noise and you are going to get yeah. ignored. And the moment so you start true. getting, the moment you start getting ignored on social media, you're dead in the water. It, it, it's, you can't come back from it. Like 
Only speak, only say something when you got something really good to say or something of value to share. So in line with that too, it's people that are just posting for the sake of posting. People who just want to, you know, post on Instagram because they had a goal written down in their notebook that said, I'm going to post on Instagram every day this month so they can check that off. And I'm a big believer in my business that productivity does not always equal profitability and that a lot of entrepreneurs are incredibly productive. They have all, you know, the Asana boards and the checklists and the processes and they get all this done, but is it making them money? And if not, they could be spending a lot more time with their family, a lot more time at Target, a lot more time doing things that I love, like watching The Real Housewives or hanging out in the kitchen. They could be spending more time doing that and making the same amount of money and not having to do so much dang work <laughs> to try and get the result that they're after. So on Instagram, like just posting to post or because you want to accomplish something or pat yourself on the back or the worst, because someone like me or another Instagram marketer tells you you should be posting. It's a waste of time. Why would you mm -hmm. do that? Just post when it's right for you and your business and your people. Yeah. I love it. I love your philosophy because like, um, you know, something that comes clear from you is that you actually need to know yourself and know your audience and when you get that and then you get that that connection of value right that value exchange then then your social media your instagram actually starts to come to life and starts to become profitable yeah. As opposed to just following a system and going like, Hey, post every day, you know, <laughs> yeah. here are the things you have to say. Um, because you're right, dude, it just creates noise. And yeah, and there's, there's a lot of noise out there. It's um, one of my good friends, Taki Moore, uh, always says, he says something, he, he goes, don't shout whisper. Yeah. And because everyone's shouting and he goes, yeah. but if you can whisper, the exact words that your audience needs to hear, like target, you know, you whisper those words and then they lean in and yeah. they listen. So, yeah. dude, I and I think a, a big part of that is getting really okay with and really good at shutting up and just paying attention, mm. <laughs> just pay attention. You know, so much of what I did in the early days before launching follower to fan is I was part of every Facebook group that my ideal client was in and all day, all I would do is just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste to a Google doc. Mm -hmm. I would just go into the group and search Instagram and copy and paste, copy and paste everything they said. And that first sales page that I wrote and then the sales page that we used uh, literally until like this last month. So the sales page we've been using for over two years for a product that's generated over a million dollars in revenue came from copy and pasted words. Literally the words my ideal client was using in a Facebook group. I love that. Like that was it. And it made all the difference. Yeah, no, you're paying attention. It's so, I mean, dude, that's why you, I always say to you, you're like one of the smartest marketers I know. And, uh, you know, I, I love you because of like how you live your life, your lifestyle, your relationships, like, and just who you are as a person. Um, you know, I just, I'm so grateful that, that we're friends. And so, um, I'm curious to know, let's say you get to the end of your life, which you will eventually. And <laughs> it's coming for all of us, Colin. It's, it's coming. It's coming. We get to the, you get to the end of your life and people are talking about you. They're saying things about you and they're, yeah, they're talking about what you represented for people in, in the market, 
in your life in general and your friends what what's your hope that they would say about you oh wow i've never been asked that question um i would hope that they would say that i made sure they felt seen that they felt heard that they felt understood and i helped them realize that they were not alone and that whatever differences exist about them um, are worth sharing with the world and worth owning and being a part and, and, and making sure that's a part of how people know you and experience you. I also hope they'll say that I stood up for what I believed in and then I had integrity and I walked the walk and I talked the talk. That's huge for me, a huge lesson for my father and for my childhood. So I hope they'd say that as well. I'm sure they will brother. I know I would, mate. It's uh, Hey, it's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. Now, uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners would love to connect with you really uh, closely. So uh, go to Tyler McCall on Instagram. Right, we'll put Tyler, yeah, Tyler J. McCall. Yes. Tyler J. McCall, sorry. There, um, surprisingly enough, there's a lot of us Tyler McCalls out there. We all, <laughs> we actually all follow each other on Twitter. We have a fun little life going on. There's like a, the editor of Fashionista magazine. Her name is Tyler McCall. She lives in New York. There's a Tyler McCall in Iowa that uh, works on political campaigns. So there's quite a few of us Tyler McCalls. So Tyler J. McCall is my stage name. <laughs> stage name. I love that. There's actually, for me, there's another Colin Boyd and he owns the ColinBoyd.com and he's uh <sighs> He's a country singer. So if you want country singing, go to oh, the .com. If you want me, go to the .co. So. I had a client uh, for a while. Her name is Maggie Green. She is a chef and a cookbook writer, and she teaches people how to write cookbooks. Yeah. Um, but Maggie Green, the real Maggie Green, if, if you Google it, don't do it with the kids around because um, – it's inappropriate. So Maggie always talked about how she she was the Green Apron Co. online and she just didn't really use her name because unfortunately someone else was using it from, for some listen activities on the internet. So at least we don't have that experience. So good. So Tyler J. McCall. And dude, you've just launched a new podcast. So definitely we'll put that linked linked in the show notes, which is the uh, the online business show. Yes. And uh Mate, you, I know you're providing a lot of value to your audience. And so, hey, it's a pleasure having this conversation. It's a pleasure being a friend with you. And um, I'm cheering you on as you continue to grow and serve your business. Thanks for having Thank me on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Expert Edge. Now, before you go, I've got something really special for you. Because I know that you know how important your signature story is. It's the way in which you connect with your audience and move them to join your programs without being pushy and salesy. It's the reason why I teach so deeply about it in Sell From Stage Academy. Now, just recently, I created a really useful guide for you. It's called the Signature Story Guide. And what it's going to do is going to help you to discover your signature story and ask you some really pivotal questions on working out what signature story you should really be telling and then how to tell it. I want you to imagine your next webinar or your next Facebook Live or even your next live presentation and imagine yourself sharing a signature story that truly resonates with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Notice how good that's gonna feel. Notice how empowering that's gonna feel. Now, I really wanna help you out and I wanna actually give you this methodology for free. And it's really simple in how you actually grab it. All you need to do 
is go to the Expert Edge podcast, which you're listening to right now, and leave an honest written review about the value or the insight that you've got from one of the episodes. Now, before you submit it, all you need to do is take a screenshot of that review and obviously submit the review and then send that image on your phone to support at teamboyd.co. In the subject line, if you can put Expert Edge review, that'll help us as well. And so send that image to support at teamboy.co. That email address is in the show notes as well with the subject line, Expert Edge Review. And our team's gonna send you back this guide that is gonna help you to discover and share your signature story so that you can connect with your audience and move them to join your programs. I hope this blesses you. I trust it will as you grow and develop your expert business. And I really look forward to reading your review. We'll speak to you soon.